house looks just like the one next to it. And the one next to that. And the one next to that. A young couple live in it. Give Ken a kiss. <laughs> you are so unlucky. With their three children. <laughs> and something more. Something's funny going on here next door. Something, uh... We were wondering if maybe you had experienced any disturbances lately. What kind of disturbances? scares you. My Halloween friends, it's me, a spooky nonny, and you're listening to Cinema Parlor. What's happening, y'all, Nolan? Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. You said spooky nonny. I changed it up today. And then you went to introduce yourself again. Yeah. I have two different personalities. The, mm. Often the case. Sometimes five. Yeah. You guys doing all right today? Yeah. So-so? Yeah. What are we drinking? This is called a ghostly chai. It's two ounces bourbon, three to four ounces of chai tea concentrate, one tablespoon of pumpkin puree, chai tea simple syrup, which I'll give the recipe for. You want to shake that up really, really well. I made ours extra strong. I think I doubled the bourbon. I didn't mean to. This is pretty tasty, especially for you chai fans out there. I mean, the only one I've disliked, and it wasn't your fault. It was the, the, the Detroit shot. shot. It's Dude, great. That was one of the worst things I've ever... Such a drama queen. Uh, for those that have been keeping up with us, we are curating a 24-hour horror marathon, I believe titled Brains, Blood, and Popcorn, the 24-hour cinema parlor horror film marathon. This is our last block. I assume that this will be taking place from the wee hours of the morning into the sun finally making its way up. For my last film, I am picking The Nude Vampire uh, from 1970. Roland's first color film. I think this would be a great last pick as uh, as you're in that state of consciousness of being awake and asleep. Uh, the costuming, set design, decor are all stunners. I think Roland, like I said, is a master of atmosphere images, sound and composition, and uh, yeah, a, a great surreal film. So that's my final pick. 
I'm going out with a bang. I'm picking the best horror-themed rock opera, Phantom of the Paradise. I think this film is incredibly fun. Did you pick that too? No, but ours are really close. I like mm. it. I think this film is very, very fun. And I think it's a great thing to end a marathon on. What do you got for your final pick? This is 2015's, it's a Polish film called The Lore. And love this movie. Love this movie. I just love that we both went out with a musical because I wanted something to wake people back up that was still really weird and fucked. Yeah. Which I feel like they're spiritually connected in that sense. Sure. The music in this film is so much fun. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't speak Polish, but I, the songs get stuck in my head. They're so catchy. Yeah. It's a very sad fairy tale film of mermaids and it's a love story my theme for what i was picking is love stories and horror films call it part of your world because it's a lot of voyeurism a lot of people situations that they're not a part of mm -hmm. they're disconnected from sure and i really appreciate that subgenre of horror love stories mm -hmm. romance romantic horror i think it's so good but really love this film great pick so the last film in the last block was your pick nolan we ended mm -hmm. on strange case if you guys are okay with it, I would like the movie I just picked to run after that one. So yours is first for Sounds this Sounds good to me. Okay. Yes, because I really think that would flow well. And then as you guys said, kind of in the night on more of this kind of upbeat tick. Yeah, I'll let you two decide how you guys want to go about the next two. We go... Nude Vampire, The Lore, and then we end on Phantom because that's actually a really good goodbye to everyone as they're going home. Sure, let them know how big of a piece of shits they are. Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> I think we can, I think I can deal with that. Okay, so that's what we're doing. So let me write this down real quick. Okay. Our full list is, we have 12 films, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Creature from the Black Lagoon, Pieces, Halloween, Mystery of the Wax Museum, The Company of Wolves, The Beyond, Videodrome, The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Miss Osborne, The Nude Vampire, The Lure, Phantom of the Paradise. Man, I really think we did a great job here, guys. Yeah. This is this is a nice 24-hour marathon. I would not be disappointed if this was uh, thrown at me at all. And you want to know something? Most of our films are 90 minutes or under. That's true. We did a really good job. Of, I don't think there's anything over an hour and 32 minutes. That's all, so, that's great. Yeah. That's what you want, right? We didn't talk. We didn't have any sort yep. of guidelines going in for each of us picking our what we're, whatever we wanted, but very digestible, weird stuff. Yeah. So that's the final list. I want eggs. I want like eggs and toast and mm. coffee nice. for their drive home. So I think I would probably get that during the opening scene of Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, the juicy fruits. I, I, I would want to eat some breakfast and have some coffee to kind of pet me back up because I've been through it. Mm -hmm. I'm going Diet Coke and popcorn for these first couple of films. And then I'm switching to coffee, maybe a light breakfast, maybe an omelet. Since I've been having popcorn the whole time, I'll stick with that for the first couple as well with you. And then I'm going to also switch some breakfast. I'm thinking a nice little breakfast poutine. That is brave of you. Yeah. So I'm just saying to uh, end this on and, yeah. and go home. Yeah. You're mm -hmm. gonna have you're gonna have bubble guts. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's gonna be a rough day sleep for me. I'm gonna be so tired, but like yeah, I'm gonna be struggling. Either, yeah. You know, it's gonna be a, a bad day. But worth it. But follow, it was followed by a great day. So yeah, yeah. you can you know, you'll deal with it. Sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Let us know uh, what you what you would curate and also let us know if you like our choices and like our curation and if uh, you're so inclined to uh do this 24-hour marathon yourself. I think uh, it'd be a fun challenge for anyone out there. 
great job, guys. And this, this was a lot of fun. Something new we tried this year. And I think it worked out pretty well. As I said earlier, this is our last spooky season episode. And we have picked as a collective here, Toby Hooper's Poltergeist, 1982. All right. I, I haven't seen this movie in probably over 10 years. This was a good refresher rewatch for me. Melanie, why did we... Why do we pick this movie? We've kind of done a new thing where used to this was just a random episode where you would kind of ask me and Nolan questions and then we morphed it into heavy hitters for us that we, I think we covered Nightmare on Elm mm -hmm. Street last year and Poltergeist has the anniversary and it just felt like a good time to talk about it. But this film is, it's such a good ghost story and a really good family story and it's just i mean it's phenomenal it's a really gorgeous film but the acting and the writing are so strong i too love this film uh it is one that i watched a lot i don't remember the sequels being on cable but this one was all the time and the melty face in the mirror that that scared me as a wee lad the maggots got me chicken mm -mm. this was just the second time i've ever seen this movie so didn't watch a lot of horror movies growing up and I liked it, had a good time with it, have some picks here and there, but overall, really good movie. So this comes from Toby Hooper, from a story by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg produced it. It feels very much like a Spielberg film. There's some shots, but there it's a feeling. I don't know how better to describe it's it. It's the music, it's the family stuff. I do think that there there are obviously like a lot of Spielberg shots. You know, that's a shot that he himself adapted from another filmmaker that... Oh, yeah. Other people are adapting from him with it being used so predominantly in Jaws and Raiders. I feel like there's a lot of shot selection in this film that is very Toby. Yeah. And I think there's some choices that are Toby. And there's a lot so of him in this movie. So. My understanding is... Oops, sorry, go ahead. We'll probably talk about this more in a little bit. But there's some wild energy in this movie that you kind of see get released full force with his canon films. And I think that that energy, it kind of reminds me, there's stuff in this movie that it feels like Sam Raimi used for Evil Dead 2. I have a note mm -hmm. about this, yes. Sure. Yeah, I can't disagree. There's there's two shots specifically that feel very much fucked out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my understanding is that Toby was full force on pre-production and huge uh, part of the story. Spielberg approached him and he wanted him to do night skies he wanted him to do some sort of sci-fi film and toby was not interested in that he wanted to do a ghost story so it was supposed to be a spiritual successor to uh close encounters yes. it was supposed to be more of a like a negative in encounter yeah less Spiel spielbergian less mm -hmm. wholesome yeah it was supposed to be creepy and toby thought this idea would play better as a horror flick than a sci-fi flick so that's when they put the ghost in. Is that since Spielberg was a producer, he was on set a lot. Most of the actors that have come forward, Spielberg himself, Toby, they all say it's Toby's film. Except Zelda. Zelda, yeah, there is like a famous, she was on a panel or doing an interview with somebody and she kind of, it seemed like she maybe didn't have the best opinion of Toby just in general. She thought he was a druggie. Yeah. And she kind of turned her nose up to him. And like, I think Frank Marshall said some stuff. And all of this started because Spielberg, in an interview, he said that Toby was, I, I don't have the exact quote, but that he kind of weak-willed. That Spielberg was like the final say on stuff. And 
that got misconstrued in the the media that it wasn't Toby's film. Like the week of release, Spielberg put out an open letter to Toby in either Variety or Hollywood Report or one of those issuing an apology. Goldsmith did work with uh, Spielberg. He didn't really have any conversation with Toby. So the music, again, that is a huge part of why it feels more like a Spielberg mm -hmm. film. It was a very collaborative effort, but it's Toby's film. Yeah, I think that this film has just that Amblin touch. It does. Yeah. Gremlins, which is also Spielberg produced. Though I think that Joe Dante has a much stronger voice in that film. But I think that Gremlins, um, later Arachnophobia, which we, is we Frank Marshall, they, they have very similar endings with a terrible thing happening. The family mm -hmm. ending up in right. a Skedaddling. different a different house yeah, and like yeah. another thing happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We talked about Arachnophobia last year as well and there was a similar thing where people were like did Spielberg actually direct arachnophobia? And it's like, no, it has that Amblin feel. Mm -hmm. People think that Toby's films are very cold and... Well, that's one reason I'm attracted to him so much. I also think that you could say the same thing for Carpenter, but Starman is one of the most sentimental films that well, I've sure. seen recently. Well, and if you listen to an interview with Carpenter, he is very much just an asshole. I love him. <laughs> yeah, and I do think like even cold filmmakers can show a... A different side once more. Warmth, for yeah. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm saying it's not enough to discount that this isn't, right. you know, Toby's. Sure. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about how the controversy of that, but to not parse, like, it's his film. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Ultimately, I don't think it matters. I mean, the movie's great. Yeah, yeah. It's a good movie. They're here. Steve Freeling lives with his wife, Diane, and their three children, Dana, Robbie, and Carol Ann in Southern California where he sells houses for the company that built the neighborhood. It starts with just a few odd occurrences such as broken dishes and furniture moving around by itself. However, when he realizes that something truly evil haunts his home, Steve calls in a team of paranormal investigators led by Dr. Lesh to help before it's too late. Uh, okay, we've got Craig T. Nelson as Steve Freeling, Joe Beth Williams as Diane Freeling, Beatrice Strait as Dr. Lesh, Dominic Dunn as Dana Freeling, Oliver Robbins as Robbie Freeling, Heather O'Rourke as Carol Ann Freeling. Uh, let's also give a shout out to Virginia Kaiser as Mrs. Uh, Tuttle, Zelda Rubenstein as Tangina. Is there anybody else I should give a shout out to? Uh, Michael McManus as Ben Tuttle, Richard Lawson as Ryan, James Karen. Yeah, he's the boss, and he also shows up in Return of the Living Dead. A wonderful film, but also in Toby's own Invaders from Mars remake. Sure. He's good in that film. So, yeah, those are our players here. Like we said, this movie, 40 years old, came out in 82. This came out a week before E.T., summer of 82. Okay. Spielberg said that he wanted these films to be close together so they could play on a double bill. I mean, it's a good double bill. It is a good double bill. Famously, the summer of 82 is like one of the most like pop culture. Amazing. Things. It, yeah. Let's go. Uh, as the movie starts here, we have uh, Star Spangled Banner play over. We definitely have a, you know, a nice American touch here. This still happens. Five o'clock here locally is when it changes over and it will play. So, what's the American? America the Beautiful or something. Yeah, it's something like it's, that. I think it used to happen around three. Yeah, because they it was didn't. earlier. Back then, they didn't do like the advertisements like they did in the 90s and nowadays, the, the paid for advertisements. So, channels would just shut off and stop showing programming. So, this so is you, their sign off. Yep. Mm -hmm. that, I didn't actually know that. We also have a, uh, a TV that his. Uh, 
gone to uh, white noise. We have a dog who uh, we meet who is upset. He also steals some tater chips, which I love. I don't think he's upset yet. I think he's just cruising the house. Hey, maybe he's some... just by himself, just roaming because everybody's asleep. It's kind of uh, very similar to another roaming dog from a Summer of 82 film, The Thing. He's not as good as Jed, but he's pretty, no. he's pretty, pretty <laughs> good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty but good dog. he's very sneaky with the potato chips. Sneaky? He pulls them and half of them come out of the bag on her bed. We also, uh, before this, I should mention, we get the shot of Carol Ann talking with the TV. And seems like she has some sort of connection or understanding what is going on uh, that we will find out later. Uh, yeah, Spielberg production right off the beginning. Uh, you can feel it in the music. Next up, I wrote down that we have some good stuff with Neighbors, football, and uh, beer wasting, and football versus Mr. Rogers. You guys have anything to say about these? I just bits? love how chaotic. Riding a bicycle with a, I mean, it's like a case of beer and running in and it's squirting all over. I just love it's a lot of dad energy where they're not worried about any of the spray and they're so focused on the game and they there's spurting of beer that's shooting up past the television set like up at their heads from this entire scene it's very funny yeah good stuff it's chaotic mm-hmm. we also have a dead pet bird a uh, a burial is made as well this was carol ann's pet tweety tweety and uh yeah, so she takes that pretty hard, like most kids would, I believe. And she asks for a new goldfish, which she does get. She definitely feeds it too much. Way too much fish. She, well, she's food. got two goldfish. And two she's of them in there. Them. Mm-hmm. I had to attend a lot of pet burials. My younger stepsister had a fish tank. She had a lot of iguanas and different reptiles. They're very high maintenance. And even though she did the best she could, a lot of them died. So there was a lot of shoeboxes. It's very sweet, but also whenever you're in it, it's so annoying. I think that the filmmakers use the death of Tweety as a big foreshadowing and hitting on some themes throughout the film. You get the burial of Tweety because Tweety was originally going to be flushed down the toilet, but then mom gets caught. Tweety gets a lovely send off. He's given a blanket and picture and flower a red vine. Mm-hmm. And then buried in the backyard. Almost immediately dug up by the dog, and then later officially dug up yes. by... Yes, <laughs> you get the shot of the pool getting dug up, and Tweety's grave getting disheveled, which that will foreshadow the reason Not at all why subtly. stuff is going on. If we just burned our dead, would that solve most horror issues? Yeah. Yeah, so just burn your bodies, zombies. Yeah. No no dead rising from the grave. Mm-hmm. Uh, ghouls, you don't have to worry about body snatchers. Shambling skeleton, just in general. Right? It's taking up a lot of real estate. Be responsible. Burn your bodies. Solves a lot of problems. Next up, we get a good, like, portrait of the parents here. Smoking a nice joint. Dad is on the bed <laughs> reading Reagan the Man, the president. You gotta get your position on this feet are positioning. Hi. Three meters. Hi. Your diving days are over. We're talking Olympics, Diane. Okay? Then Let I me can... see your tuck. <laughs> we can jackknife into the swan. <laughs> Twist, turn. One of my favorite things of this film is their relationship. This is the scene that a lot of people would cut 
And I love that it's in the film because it gives you kind of a grounding point of this family hanging out and they like each other. It's such a, I don't know about you guys, but it's so few things I can remember in, especially this time period in the 80s and 90s where there was a family dynamic that was positive where the mm-hmm. dad wasn't like, oh, the old ball and chain or like whatever. Mm-hmm. So have like a very healthy relationship where right. it seems like they like each other. They just smoke pot and have sex and mm-hmm. are chill and they enjoy their kids with an equal balance of being a family and being there for yeah. the kids, but also being into each other. It's really nice. They don't feel burdened. They don't hate each other. They no. don't. It seems like they like each other. Yeah, very much. Yeah. yeah. I dig that too. Next up, we meet a creepy clown for the first time. Which, what abusive aunt or uncle gave them that toy? It, the yeah. thing is, cre- I don't care. Like, I was never scared of clowns as a kid, mm-hmm. even Pennywise. Like, that never bothered me. That clown is creepy as fuck. I don't understand why they just leave him sitting in that chair staring at the kid all the time. I wouldn't like that. I would burn that thing. Sure. You're asking to be haunted if you put that in front of your child's bed. Yeah. We have a pretty bad storm during this night. We also have a very scary tree that Robbie is terrified of. Uh, We get some more Star Spangled Banner playing on the TV screen and another white noise static shot. And this is leads into one of the most iconic scenes here with Carol Ann looking at the screen and Something we talked about again while we were watching. I really love how quiet so much of the dialogue is. And mm-hmm. Heather Rourke, she, I think she is, she's five or so in this mm-hmm. film. She's very, very young. She has such a cute little voice. And I like that when specifically Joe Beth Williams, her, the mom character, is talking to her. Like, they're she kind of meets her tone and it's a very Mm -hmm. quiet. So I find the Carol Ann talking to the TV or just looking at the TV. There's a lot of weird stuff that she does before anything goes to Haywire where she's already on her little telephone toy, just sitting in bed. She'll go up and stare at the TV and no one else acknowledges it really. And she just does a lot of weird stuff. It's so good. And it's, Mm -hmm. that to me is like stuff in horror that I love. Things that are those quiet, creepy things that not really drawing attention to anything. I really like those touches. And there's, there's a ton of it at the beginning of this film. Yeah. I agree with that. As the storm hits, uh, they all end up in bed (laughs) with the parents. And that's pretty funny. In the morning, we have some breakfast hijinkses, as I wrote. Carol Ann knows this. She's like, she, she knew what's going to happen here. Anything you guys want to say about this opening, like this breakfast scene where we kind of really get to meet the kids' personalities come out a little bit more, but we also like encounter really our, our first experience of the supernatural. Like full-blown supernatural. Yeah. yeah, there's been little flourishes here and there. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, again, I think all the stuff, the family aspect, which is most of the film, is really well done. I, I know you don't love kid actors, and I'm sure you have plenty of notes coming right up real soon. But I like all the kids in this. I really, it feels like a very real family dynamic. Like everything just feels natural. It doesn't yeah. feel, there's no awkwardness where you feel like any one of the kids is really trying to act, if that makes sense. Sure. It just feels natural. Like they do things that are little kiddish and normal. Yeah. Carol Ann is, is absolutely good here. Yeah. Robbie, look, <laughs> I I have a personal thing with little boy actors, okay? You hate them all. And he is, is solid enough here. And I, that's that's, that's probably as, the good compliment from me. That's as okay? good as it gets for you. And he does some things. I get annoyed at times. But all things considered for me. You don't like a story about bad. a little little guy? No. I Yeah, I agree in some aspects. I think boyhood kind of sucks. 400 blows kind of smells its own farts. 
I did not like the 400 Blows ripping there, but we're going to move on here. We got moving chairs and moving ch- uh, children. So many horror films take from this, and it, the, I know it's not the first to do it, but I feel like it's the first to do it where it's... I have to imagine that in the theater, this was like, oh shit. But whenever, you know, the chairs keep scooting out and she goes to scoot them back in and then she goes to grab cleaner under the sink and you've got Caroline sitting up on the counter and she turns and all the chairs are stacked up in this Mm -hmm. elaborate structure. Yeah. I think what's so impressive is all that happens in camera. All right. So Joe Beth picks uh, Heather up and and puts her on a part of the kitchen sink and the chairs are spread out uh, around the, the table. And then she goes over to get the 409 bottle. And so there is a, a pre-constructed stack of chairs with two guys, two, two special effects men, right beside the camera. And then there were six other effects people waiting in closets underneath the counter. And so started shooting, and it took four seconds for everyone to pull the chairs out, run into other rooms. So two guys come out and put the the assemble stack on the table and then make a dash out the back way. Steven gets home. At first they show it to him and they're really excited about it. They know it's messed up. Look at this. She's so excited. I know you're going to be freaked out. And I love how hysterical she like so excited Mm -hmm. where he's got the trash cans because he's just come home from work and he's bringing them up. And she (laughs) jerks on him so hard that the trash can like bonks in the door. Come on, let's just do this once. Pepperoni pizza. Mommy, that burns. Oh, sweetie, I'm sorry. The floor needs more wax. Stephen, come on, you do it. Oh. Oh, come on, honey, try. Uh huh. It's like, it's like there's this tickling, you know, right in here, and and it starts to pull you. The tickling pulls you, and all of a sudden it's like there's no air except that you can breathe. Steven is is definitely uh, pretty freaked out as as he should be. So probably the most like reasonable response to the situation. Yeah. I don't think most people. I feel like my grandmother would react like she does, and everyone else in my family would be like, "This is dark sided." <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, "I'm done." <laughs> I'll see you guys later. My grandma would definitely make a track and be like, okay, and scoot one mm-hmm. of the grandchildren down <laughs> it, for sure. She'd be like, this is amazing. Love that. Uh, okay, we get another crazy storm night. The big tree that definitely uh, messed with Robbie before. This time it full on breaks through the window in his room, picks him up and grabs him, and tries to in uh, digest him. Full on eating him. Carol Ann, while this is happening, gets sucked into a closet. Toys start coming to life. A lot of craziness happens. By the way, Stephen is able to save his son from being eaten by the tree, but it has like two thirds of his body inside it. The cyclone tornado. The tornado, yes. That is very much Evil Dead. I thought it was quite impressive whatever child actor they got to drop from the tree because it looked like they, the they almost first. fell first. The kid drops first on his back. Yep. Carol Ann, is, they, they look for, they can't find her. Everybody's freaked out as they should be. I can't remember who it is, but someone hears her Robbie. talking. Robbie. Robbie. Okay. Because Robbie is like, he's got the, the tree spit up on him and it looks like he's bloody. Just sap and blood. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he starts freaking out because he's in his parents' room, a room he normally feels very safe in, and the TV starts talking to him and he can hear Caroline yeah. calling for family. So yeah, just some crazy shit's happening here. He's kind of done up like Marilyn Chambers at the end of Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. been Just it. caked. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. You just see his little there's eyes. A, there's a few different times of that in this movie that I really mm-hmm. enjoy, for sure. They, they get gooey. Yeah. So they end up having to get a hold of some ghost hunter slash investigators, and they come to the house. They communicate. As they get there, they, they do end up communicating with Carol Ann, and the investigators stay the night at the house. Do you guys have any thoughts on these investigators or, or this or these scenes? We'll touch on some of this in my categories, but I really love going through everything and how at this point the family is so acclimated to the weird shit that it doesn't phase them and they're just the paranormal investigators are like, Oh my goodness, oh like all these things are happening and they're all really likable, by the way, and different energies but very very likable it's very sad and touching but it's very funny and i it flies Mm -hmm. by really quickly i feel like it's just enough time where they kind of give the rundown of what's happening in the house you get to know the investigators it's just really tight i really like this segment yeah you get the little tidbit of the ages on the parents during this (laughs) where you get some raiders of the lost ark type uh like that relationship she would have been very young so apparently the novelization clears that up with she is the eldest daughter's stepmom. So there was no 15-year-old conceptions. Yeah, this is a novelization I have on my wish list, but I do not own. Also, hmm. Patrice Strait, she's probably like the biggest actress at the time that this movie, at, in this cast. Dr. Lush. Yeah. yeah. She won an Academy Award uh, for Network five years earlier. And she's a quite renowned stage actress. She is, obviously, network is incredible. She is really good in this. The relationships in this film are so strong. And she has a very maternal, kind grandmotherly almost, where she kind of takes care of the mother. And again, these scenes are just so touching. And the quiet whisper talk to each other late at night when everyone's gone to sleep. It's just, I love those moments in this film. Them getting to the house... I, I think it's so cool that they're talking about, like, oh, we we recorded a car moving across the room. It moved seven feet in seven hours. But, like, I did it through time lapse so you can actually see it move. And Craig T. Nelson's just, oh, yeah, that's cool shit. Opens the door. and it's- sequence has you, a lot of Sam Raimi vibes got, to like, me. a pencil and a protractor on yeah. the record that starts playing music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that scene looks incredible too. Mm-hmm. And, it, and mm-hmm. I think it's cool because this is the first movie that I can recall that they have paranormal investigators and I don't think you can do a modern ghost story now without having paranormal investigators. And I think this is the first movie to do it. I believe so. And you, it's very... There's, like, the same type of dynamic through all of those parties, and it's based off of this, where you have, like, the nerdy guy, the cool guy, and the older woman. Yeah. A a favorite scene of mine comes up next, the ghost steak, Mm. and uh, maggots also in uh, the chicken... The drumstick that he Mm -hmm. has. This is, like, the special effects scene that I think the gross-out stuff is this whole little Mm -hmm. this guy's journey. Him having that chicken in his mouth and then dropping it, you know, he had... (laughs) wet and wriggling in his mouth yeah i'm gonna share something real quick go for it this cut gets cut out fine uh, our younger self stacy and i we made a film i think i wouldn't even call it a film we made a a stupid thing short short when we were probably in our late teens early 20s 
It was called Mike and Ike's Part 3. And during that film, I played a character that was just a trash human being who had no shirt on. He had been dumpster diving. He had dried up food on his body. And I had to take a banana and I had to eat this banana and then I had to spit it out. And I did this because I was an idiot for our French driver who was filming it. And then I had to redo the scene two different times. So I had to eat that banana that had already... You only had the one banana? Yeah. And I, I almost threw up. I didn't. I didn't. But anyway, I had to you eat and re-eat uh, a banana that... Anyway, it, it was a rough time. That's all I'm going to say. Was there something with hot tamales in that one? Yes. That, mm-hmm. okay. that was that one. Those got smeared on my body. And I <laughs> went into a senior citizen's dumpster outside their building. And we didn't have permission to film here obviously not and i i freaked we freaked out the senior citizens and which uh, is reasonable got the the cops called on us mm-hmm. and uh that was fun i feel like my involvement in this was very minimal you got away man when the cops came you got out of there me and trevor had to deal with it which obviously we weren't good at but we didn't get in trouble we just got a warning so well, I don't think that they could have done anything. You guys That's true. Just, just be like, kids. hey, don't do this again. Like yeah. the worst that really could have happened mm-hmm. for them to be like, delete the footage, which they didn't. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank God I'm still alive. Yeah. So what you're saying is if anybody has a really nasty segment yeah. in a film, you're their man. Yeah. Perfect. And also like, I get that can't be a pleasant experience because I know from my experience, you know? Yeah. It's no fun. It's no good. It's no, no fun. No. So, yeah. The effects work here is incredible, though. The steak is incredible. The chicken is incredible. Him, the mirror, you'll get to. Yeah. The ghost in in, uh, Investigator here, after this happens, he loses it, obviously. Great effects work, as Mm -hmm. you just said. Some more crazy ghost shit happens. Uh, A spirit walks down a balcony. So, I really like this scene. They've got all their cameras going. They're trying to get something on video here. Yeah. And... We see this really ethereal looking spirit that just comes down the balcony. It looks great. Like the 4K is unbelievable. But anyway, after they film it, they go back to look at it to see if it got on video. And many different spirits that There's are coming down this balcony. There's yeah. that are walking that are very arethral and they're, mm-hmm. they're just lit, yeah. you know, little spectral. Really like this scene a lot. Yeah. It's, it's very pretty. This always reminded me of the ghost of it's the past Mm -hmm. from the muppets because present is the big happy one yeah so it's the ghost of christmas past my good man yeah yeah he's the best (laughs) but that's a different thing the little girl that's the wispy yeah the wispy her hair it looks very similar to this Mm -hmm. so which for a lot of people i know they find very creepy in the muppets christmas carol but i think it's very good i think she looks great after all this happens uh i mom and dad finally come to their senses and they're like you know robbie you and the dog you guys gotta get out of here you're going to grandma's. Mm-hmm. Go this, to grandma's. This house ain't safe. So yeah. they get them out of there. I assume the daughter goes the to older friend. daughter. Yeah, yeah, she goes to her friend's house. So they're finally out of the picture for a while. Uh, help is on the way. Help is on the way, dear! Craig, I'm sorry, Steve. I'll call him Craig T. Delson, which he is. But Stephen's family. <laughs> Coach. Coach, exactly. Coach's family seems to have had their house uh, built on a burial ground. So we have this conversation between Stephen and his boss. Right? Mm-hmm. And telling him that they've got more land 
And they want to build him like this super nice place, but there's he's a... responsible for nearly fifty yeah. percent of all of their cells. So the community that he lives in, it's part two or three in the five stage development that they're doing. And he's like, we're gonna start, you know, phase five right here, mm-hmm. and this will be your, you know, your view. This is your bay window. Look at all this, you know. It's gorgeous. This will be the master suite. He kind of turns around. He's like, ah, no place for a pool because we have all of these graves. Mm -hmm. And I love the shot of how exaggerated how many gravestones go Mm -hmm. up this hill up to the, you know, just like the entire side of the shot. It's a great wide shot. Yeah. It's really, really well done. And then you have just this, it doesn't even look like there's that much land where he's talking about. So it's like, they're just going to uproot that entire hill. Yeah. And then he gets it into his mind that, that they did it before. Mm-hmm. Well, he tells him. He's like, we've yeah. done it before. Yeah, in 76. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he doesn't... And he's like, where? And he kind of like points him in a direction that... Uh... Well, he at that moment, Stephen doesn't put together that... Uh-huh. He's like, we just relocate everything. Right. And he's like, oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah. And I do love how made up they have him. His eyes are so sunken. He's very gaunt. He's wearing... He's constantly sweating for yeah. the rest of the film. Like, just pit His... stains, back stains. He's weathered. Absolutely. Enter in a new ghost investigator. So Zelda comes in, and she is a stand-in for Lorraine Warren. Mm-hmm. Uh, she kind of has the same look, if you've seen the actual Lorraine. Yeah, Lorraine um, does not look like Vera Farmiga at all. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Only she's, um, you know, Happy Meal size. Yeah, Zelda's fun size. She's cute. Yeah, you know, Craig, he makes a joke about it. <laughs> yeah, she has some good lines, too. Like, at one point, he Craig T. Nelson's like... Kind of ripping on her, saying, like, I thought she could read my thoughts or whatever. And he says it while she's upstairs and they're downstairs talking. And then all of a sudden she reappears and she's like, I just don't like trick answers, which I thought was really funny. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he quietly is talking to his wife and the other investigators. He's like, well, I was answering her in my mind and she couldn't. And she, like, comes back through, like, two rooms upstairs down the hallway to the front of the stairs. And she's like, oh, I heard you. Her gifts have been documented. Look, we haven't heard Caroline since last night. in the living i'm sorry sorry that's the room my son and daughter used to occupy we believe it's the heart of the house this house has many hearts what is the matter what's the matter (laughs) i was trying to answer her with my mind and she couldn't hear me no i thought you said this tin gina barons was an extraordinary clarifier I just don't like trick answers. Time to save Carol Ann. So we have this setup. They kind of have it's, a plan that they're going to save her. On, like there's a vortex, like a portal thing. Yeah. And they kind of do a couple experiments and they realize that we can probably pull her out from this point. Yep. Yeah. And as this is happening, they are making contact with her. At first they tell her to run toward the light. Then they say, stay away from the light. Kind of have this back and forth. We have a rope that is involved. And so a couple characters at the closet inside the kids' yeah, bedroom. We have Tangina and we have the mom. So they're getting ready to enter. Well, she's getting ready to enter. I really love the the moment where Tangina's like, all right, I'm going to go in after her. And mom's like, she's not going to come to you. And she's like, 
you've never done this before. Neither have <laughs> Neither. you. And she's like, you go. You, you got it. <laughs> yeah, was- I think all the dialogue in this film is just pretty great. Yeah. All the moments with the family. Sure. It's the dialogue and the delivery. Like, all the timing is so good. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a good script, good cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think you're doing? I'm going So they go through with this plan. There's one of the ghost investigators. He's downstairs holding the rope from where they, the portal is going to send them. Yeah. Mom goes into this portal, into the light, the closet portal. This is one of my favorite shots in this film is after this happens, we get a, I call it a crazy closet monster. I don't know what it is. It's like a big skull, essentially. But it's, it looks so good. Uh, mm-hmm. and he comes out from in from out of the light. Steven the starts, beast. Yeah, Stephen starts freaking out because he, uh, Tangina starts saying opposing things as to what she told them before. So he's like, she just flipped. She had a character switch, and she's trying to kill my family. So then he starts pulling the rope the opposite direction to pull them out, and he pulls the skelet this beast out. Yep, and as so that happens, which Sam Raimi copies the shot almost the exact same. <laughs> In mm-hmm. Evil Dead 2, when yeah. the head busts through the door. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I also had some... I don't know which movie came first. I also had some House... The American House. Side. Oh, oh yeah. American was, House is quite a bit after. Yeah, so I, I thought it took some... Yeah. Too. So anyway, as all this happens, it spits out... Diane, is that the mom's name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Diane and... Spits out Diane and Carol Ann into the, uh, where the portal was at the bottom of the stairs. Uh, they both have just tons of nasty... Goo. It and looks junk like the on stuff them. from Ghostbusters 2. The angry goo. It looks like all of that pink just <laughs> kind of crystallized whenever they come out and neither of them are moving and yeah. they're just like hardened jelly. It's pretty nasty. Yeah. Ectoplasm. Yeah. They are both alive. It takes a second, but they they do come too. And after they are alive and everything seems okay, we have the great line from Zelda. This house is clean. Pulls her little bang wispies back, takes her glasses off, and looks directly at the camera to say it like a professional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we think we think things are going well here. Uh, Except Zelda might not be very good at her job. Zelda is, yeah, she she may have failed a little bit. They're going to move out of this place. Good, good choice. Diane has a new look with her hair. She's got a little couple cute little gray streaks that I found very attractive. You, you like a woman who's lived through trauma. Well... So yeah, we've got this going on, and uh, Stephen is going to go to his job and kind of finalize things, finalize some yeah. stuff. And for some reason, the family decides to they're going to stay the night one more night at this well, home. Well, they're not even going to stay there. They're just they're hanging out till he gets there. Get yeah. There. So yeah. Sh- if the kids fall asleep, it's fine. I will put them in the car, and like we'll go. This is also a very important moment in which. Diane is wearing a jersey and just little undies. Oh, man. And she, Joe Beth Williams, the hottest hot mom. She looks great. A lot of hot mom energy. I just started by saying the new hair look is hot. She's bathing. Great. The jersey. Like, I'm it's just a- going to get into a personal thing here. A girl in a jersey, maybe some, like, knee-high socks, mm-hmm. which she doesn't have these. But this is just a, a personal thing. For me, that's, that's heaven right there. Yeah, I told you guys this before, but my brother... Growing up, his screensaver was Ashley Judd in a hockey jersey, and I'll never forget it. Mm-hmm. Uh, very nice. Smoking. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the the orange against her skin. She's 
a very tan 80s mom, but like mm -hmm. just beautiful, beautiful, mm -hmm. beautiful skin. I dig that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, mom's bathing. Kids uh, are winding down. They go to sleep. As this is going on, they leave. The, the clown is still in the room. They put it back in the chair. Mm -hmm. That thing got buried in the closet. Of all the things that they lost during this haunting, they didn't lose that damn clown. Yeah. Interesting. Both kids, you know, they've been through Rob a lot. Robbie's back at this point, and Robbie has to see this clown again, and he's pretty freaked out. Tries to throw his blanket on it again, like he'd ha it happened earlier in the movie. Yeah. This time he misses. He makes it to sleep. He wakes up at a certain point, and the storms clown, back, yeah. the storm's back. The clown is gone. And at this point, we're like, this ain't good. Clown has disappeared, and Robbie bites it at this point. Mom... <laughs> He doesn't bite it as in dies, but he, he has a rough time. I'm sorry. Really, really bad time. Yeah. <laughs> Again, mom in football jersey. Uh, she has a rough time as well as she has like the Nightmare on Elm Street kind of effect. This movie might have started the trend for 80s films to use the rotating room because Nightmare does it and The Fly does it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are like boom, boom. Yeah. 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 So that happens. The kids get shut into their room. We've got the portal closet door back doing its thing. And outside of their room, we have a crazy ghost monster, which looks great. I don't even know how to... The reappearance of the beast. Okay. It looks so good. It looks like bone piping, like almost like caulking. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? But it looks like that builds up. And then they have these weird, um, like, digital, like, overlays of these little mm -hmm. wispies. And I feel like the merging of the two, there's something practical there. But it's, it's really cool. Yeah. It looks like a puppet yeah, that yeah. they... Put a bunch of optical effects on. Yeah, yeah. Sure. And again, this, like, I'm just going to brag about this 4K. It looks so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't take away at all from the effects here. No, I think it makes them look a little bit sharper, which sometimes mm -hmm. isn't always the case with films around this time period and a lot of, like, effect heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Mom cannot get to the kids. She is sent flying when she tries to get to them down and she ends up outside where their pool is out there. It's a muddy pit down there. She ends up falling into the pool. This is one of the good scares in the movie. You get skeletons rising up from this muddy pool pit everywhere. Nolan, how do you feel that they were all real skeletons? That's right. I wouldn't like that one bit. I'm out. Get me out of there. Like as an actor? Yeah. I'd be like, oof. Isn't that fucked? It is. Yeah. Yeah, but like, isn't that a thing where, or at least used to, skeletons that were in classrooms, they're plastic now, but then they used to be real skeletons? I believe that's correct. So. I would donate my body for poltergeist. I would say, like, if someone wanted to use my, I think we should burn the bodies, sticking with that. Sure. But if you're not going to burn my body and you want to use it and you're a prop in your film, I don't care. That's fine. Good attitude to have. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder if the last Will and Testament, if we could do a remake of Weekend at Bernie's, but use my actual dead body. That is foul. <laughs> I'm sure McGuire would be down, though. He'd be like, this is what he wanted. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he only he's through. gonna remake part two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're gonna be dancing the whole time. Voodoo curse. Well, I think it's a, a blessing, really. <laughs> so after this happens, the closet portal that is inside the kids' room is starting to look very foul. It looks like a trachea. Yeah. It's looking very meaty. And I don't even know how to explain and it. And like it's but breathing it's... and it's real throaty. Definitely. It's, it's nasty. A lot of a lot of nastiness going on. It's a pre-Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of that energy. Sure. Uh, Steven, Craig T. Nelson, coach, whoever you want to call him, he's, <laughs> he's come back. He makes it back to the house. He realizes like shit's just gone bad. He says the line... You son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! 
You only move the headstone! Well, to just finish off what happens here, if you guys want to talk about any of it, but, uh, they get out. They Mom he, saves the day. She mom gets saves the kids, the kids out of there. Yeah. And they hightail it the fuck out yeah. in their station wagon. They get in the, the car. The teenage daughter, she <laughs> has the great line of, she gets dropped off because she's not spending a second in the house. She got dropped off mm-hmm. and she's going to get in their car to leave. But she goes up in her house, they're shaking, there's lights going off, there's stuff flying around. The entire street's losing it. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like there's- Cars are crashing. A a little punch bug gets like flipped up and hits a fire hydrant, water shooting up, things are spinning. There's a gas line that's broken on the street because you see just a straight line of fire. Another really good effect shot where the house eaten by this portal and just kind of caves in. It folds into itself and is sucked away. Yeah. I'm kind of curious how they did that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it looks fantastic. Like yeah. I, my assumption is they used a miniature with like pieces just set in place and like shot vacked it or something. Probably. So they get out of there. Uh, they head towards the local Holiday Inn, and uh, as they. Make it inside. Our last shot is Steven wheeling the TV out of the room, <laughs> outside. <laughs> and I love this, that they he slams the door and then we get a pullback of the shot. Yeah. And there's this neon holiday and sign in the background. And then the little theme, the very music boxy mm-hmm. little kid theme starts. Caroline's theme. Yeah, Caroline's theme. Yeah. It's, it's really great. I really like the end of this movie. Like I said, it, it's a closure ending, but it's an ending that I, I really like. I, I just thought it was well done. I think this movie's great. Real quick, do you guys just want to mention the sequels? Okay. The sequels are not good. Mm-hmm. They're very bad. Kane, really creepy, and I feel bad for that actor, but he has a great look. He is very, very creepy, and what he's doing is wonderful. Caroline Heather Rourke is wonderful. Joe Beth Williams is still amazing in it. They, those sequels are really not good. They didn't need to exist. And I think m- my issue, I feel like this with most things, I don't need you to explain what the boogeyman mm-hmm. is. Right. I just let it, I don't need any sort of explanation for mm-hmm. why this is happening to this family. We get everything we need in the first film. Mm-hmm. There's bodies that were disturbed, right. or graves mm-hmm. that were disturbed, and that's it. We don't need, you know, the beast, like, the way Tiangina says it, it kind of feels like it's it could be a demonic thing where it's just taking advantage of all these souls that are disturbed. Yeah. Like, that's all I need. I don't need some lofty backstory, even though I do like Kane in the second film. Third film's really bad. Yeah, I, I actually have seen the second and third ones. I actually watched them um, a year or two ago, and I didn't particularly like either one. There's some solid effects work in the yeah. second one, and the third one really plays with mirrors. Quite a bit. I, I do really, something I really like about the third one, I don't know who the cinematographer was for that, but I really do like mm-hmm. the, everything's in camera right. and it's very cool, Yeah, but it's a bad story. Yeah. Pretty rough, both of them, in my opinion. You don't need them. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Are we ready for highs and lows? Yeah. Stacy, you want to start us off? My high is going to be the initial attack on the family. I think it's the best scare sequence in the film when the tree takes him, the panic about where Carol Ann is. Uh, my low point is the two sequels that come after this. My make them laugh. I don't know if I have a particular make them laugh scene. I mean, I guess the 
the football Mr. Rogers thing is quite funny. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's a very sharp, mm-hmm. fun script. My high point is the uh, the first time we see the beast coming out of the closet. It looks incredible. I imagine if I saw that as a kid, I would be terrified. Uh, my low point is uh, just, you know, a little too much Robbie in the first half of the film. And that's all right. He's good for what he is. He's just, he just, he ain't my thing, but I've seen a lot worse. He's not, he's not bad. It's just a me thing. Nobody else. And then my make them laugh as Stacy, that opening where the guy on the bike gets tripped up by the kids messing with him mm-hmm. and just loses like two thirds of his beer that he's trying to bring to his friends. And yet he still like takes the beer and like trying to salvage it while he's it's got, spewing like, everywhere. At most, that's a six pack. It was originally a uh-huh. 24 pack. He's got six yeah. and two of them are busted open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I, I enjoy that melanie my high is just the depiction of the family the writing of the family the acting it feels so real it feels lifelike so well done if i had one particular scene it's definitely the parents smoking pot and just talking mm-hmm. and she tells a story that doesn't really go anywhere and then she brings up caroline going to the pool and how awful it is and then he starts talking about the diving board and nothing like it's just a conversation that morphs it feels very natural whenever you're talking to somebody especially if you're inebriated at all you know vibing off of whatever it's one thing leads into another leads into another again it just feels very natural and i, I love that I, can i just yeah. say that i i support what you just said and i know everybody is different on chemicals but mm-hmm. i gotta say when i have smoked weed i'm very chatty and I get where she was at. Here. She, she she is very much like it seems like they're kind of opposite highs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like chill. He <laughs> yeah. wants to read. Mm-hmm. He wants to pro- like maybe watch a thing or yeah. something like very. And she just wants to tell him about all of her thoughts that she's got going through her head, Absolutely. and she's just feeling it. Yeah, yeah. It's again, it feels very realistic. I would say my make him laugh is also the I've got two things, but it's that scene again, and it's just the absurdity of him getting up and then looking in the mirror and like she's still talking at him and he's mm-hmm. just doing his own thing it's it's just very likable yeah sure another make him laugh nolan's hatred of robbie just be <laughs> i knew going into this we talked about it before that you have a issues with children actors but mainly boy actors yes for whatever reason i don't know why hook is a sticking point for mm. you you get really mad about it i can't deal yeah so i i really appreciated that mm. my low is gonna be I don't like the weird cursed film theories, and I don't really want to get into it mm-hmm. because, again, I don't like that stuff. There's a lot of tragedy with some of, some of the actors that are in this, and right. I'll leave it at that. But I just, I to me, that stuff is kind of, I feel like it's mean-spirited. Sure. I don't like it. I don't like, I know a lot of people, there's like that series on Shutter right. that talks about cursed films. That stuff I just don't like. And I think that you can just have a thing that's tragic, and it doesn't have to be a sensationalized thing. Sure. So... Before we get out of here, Melanie, do we have an MFK today? I don't. Okay. I don't, because I don't know who you would do. Agreed. There's just not enough people in this one. And you know what? You really just have like... I think that's fair. Yeah. it's. I'm just going to let this family be this family. I know I probably... There's been some others that I'm not happy that I had choices on, but Mm -hmm. this, I... You're going to let it be. I'm going to let it be. Okay. I'm sorry. You know, you guys... We'll get back on track next time. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you a good one to make up for it. But actually, I might not. Can It depends on what our next film sure. is. Guys, uh, I think we've had a fun, solid month of horror films. What's and... the haunting in this film that would bug you the most if it was happening to you? Mm. 
Mine's a clown. I'll say it. The, the I'm clown not would be clown, rough. Yeah. But I don't want that thing shambling around my floor. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think I'd like the clown either. It's the clown or the tree. I don't know. I think for me, it's the fucked up food. Mm. Yeah, that's pretty raw too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, if I had maggots and also just like my food started moving, mm-hmm. I'd be pretty freaked out. Yeah. Yeah, all fair. Okay. Everybody enjoy your Halloween and watch some good movies. Have some popcorn. Have, have some, some popcorn. Candy. Candy. Yeah. Uh, some good drinks. Yeah. If you go to some parties, have fun there. If you go to movie marathons, have fun there. Whatever mm-hmm. you do, enjoy. And uh, we've had a fun time presenting these films in our marathon for you guys this year. So uh, with that said, uh, you can find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud and on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts at Cinema Parlor. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram at Cinema Parlor. You can find me personally on Letterboxd at Chuck Madden Jr. Also, let me just say, I forgot to say this, also on our uh, iTunes or Spotify, rate and review us and uh, give us some feedback if you would. That's Glover 84 on Letterbox. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. Oh, 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 oh. That was really bad and I don't care. Happy Halloween, baby dolls. Enjoy. And don't forget, if you eat one piece of candy, you have to eat too. Oh, 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 oh. Draconone is signing out.